Welcome to Conscious Communication, the podcast that can help you improve your company's culture and better your team's communication, helping you build more significant relationships. Now here's your host, Philip Bogolub. I have the privilege and honor of talking with Susan Robertson. Susan is the co-founder and CEO of Lindsay's. Got it right, I think. Did I get it right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. The Lindsay's Conscious Business Group. And that's one of the uh, things that attracted me to wanting her to be on the show. Her company focuses on executive leadership and cultural transformation. She is the author of Real, caps, R-E-A-L, Culture, the Catalyst for Conscious Business. I love this stuff. And her passion is supporting organizations in finding their purpose. And she is also the, uh, da, 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 the uh, also real leadership, Waken to Wisdom, the upcoming book. I got it backwards. That's my fault. I was being human. The culture. When is it? When is your book coming out? Probably by the end of the year. I've been working on it for several years. The okay. real leadership, Waken to Wisdom has been out for two or three years now. Well, check it out because I looked at a, a few excerpts from the, from the book that's out and it's very good. So I want to thank you, Susan, for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you, what was that serendipity? What was that accident, that coincidence, that spiritual shift in your life that got you to where you didn't come up with this company and you're co-founder in this business for over 30 years? You know, you didn't just come up with this. What was that thing? And I'm sure there's a lot that got you to where you are today. Ah, uh, well, you know, when I started, um, before I started my own business, I was in banking and I started when I was 17 oh. and I had to, because I didn't have parents that could send me to college and couldn't afford it. So I had to work my way through and they would have these groups of leaders coming through and they were the, the young people that just graduated college or, you know, had gotten their master's. And they were, you know, these cohort groups that would go through in every department. And I used to sit there out of sheer, I don't want to say boredom, but out of curiosity to, to sort of rate the people I was meeting to say, who did I think was going to make it to the top or go further than the other ones in the cohort group? You know, because they all had, you know, it was banking. They all had decent educations. They all, you know, were, were, in that place, they were 24, 25, 26 years old and ready to go get it. And and that was when I started noticing just out of a pure experimentation, but like what kind of people were going to go to the top versus not. And and I began to notice, particularly in banking, it, it wasn't if you had blue blood or who your daddy was, that sure certainly helped. But and it actually didn't really matter as much in terms of your education. Those two things got you in the door. Mm -hmm. But then after that, even in the early, the late 70s, early 80s, it was, you know, who you were as a person, how well you communicated, how well you interacted with other people, how well you played ball. The other things like the education and, you know, somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody certainly helped you get in the door. But then after that, you know, the, each each one of those people had to make they had to make their way, right. and so I I would watch that and I'd be like, well, I could do that, even though I didn't have my degree yet. Right. And you know, later on, I'm like, what they need, the best ones, the ones who were good, really had a deeper common sense in terms of their own 
consciousness on how to work with people and others that needed to be taught. So um, that's what just got me into that game. And then fortunately for me, I guess I was about 26 when the bank hired an organization to bring uh, do a, a um, cultural transformation called Work Smart. And you can already hear the fun that was poked at that. So <laughs> we're all working dumb before, right? Right, right. Right. And, and it really was back then and a fancy way of saying we were going to look at processes and then we were going to eventually downsize. Uh, and uh, that was, yeah, right? And okay. there's reduction in force and, right. and, and we're going to rearrange the deck chairs and all of that fun stuff. And so I would see this go on over and over and over again. And, and you know, what's happened, what was happening then is happening today, except back then it was newer, mm. right? It, it was the, the reduction in forces and that kind of thing happened maybe every five or seven years. Now it happens like every 18 months. Yeah. Yes. Right. Where yeah. they rearrange things and they bring in another version of work smart, right. whatever that means, work, right. but do more with less. Right. And so, right. Again, I, I, you know, yes, there are favoritism and things like that that go on, but I still see that the people that, you know, in fact, I was working with an organization recently, there was, there were three people vying for the same CEO job and all of them had the same experience. One was wicked smart in terms of skill and capability and business knowledge, but not wicked smart when it came to uh, connection and consciousness and emotional intelligence. The person that got it was smart enough and knew how to drive the results, but could bring the team together. And so to me, that's when um, consciousness and awareness and that kind of understanding, and he was more, the one that got it was more about servant leadership, whereas the other one was always trying to prove that he knew. Interesting. And, yeah. and, and, and I like, what I like about the story is, uh, why well, I like the whole story, just reminds me as a as an engineer in the medical field, I used to go out. I was the the guy. I don't know if you know what an X ray tube is, but it was a high level medical device, and I helped design it. But I was the one who was the supporter of the company, so I travel all over the world. But I never had the answers. I didn't do anything. And what I didn't realize till after I was been several years out of it now that I had that gift of Susan. Let's go get a cup of coffee. You mean down in the cafeteria in the hospital? No, 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 no. You've had, you know, I'm thinking you've had doctors, radiologists, managers, and everybody screaming at you, the CAT scanner, the angiography room, the x-ray, it doesn't matter what it is. So we go, hey, how you doing? You know, I talked to you a few times on the phone because you have the answer. I'm not going to start from the beginning. I don't want right. to talk about what you were doing because you were just doing dog chasing the tail type thing. And how you communicate is so consciously communicate, name of the show, right? But how you communicate, yeah. what you do for a living is how it's so important. It's it's not just body language and 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 it's it's how you make somebody feel comfortable. You're a support mechanism. You're empowering others, empowers yourselves. That's what you know. It's and and what you're doing is you're you're getting. You're not you're not um, going in the old saying bull in a china shop. You're not going there. Okay, move aside, Susan. You're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. You know. And when they were looking at those people, you want somebody who can communicate because I met some really average engineers. They weren't bad, but average. But the customers loved them because they knew no matter what, they didn't care about the problem. They knew that guy or girl would solve the problem and that's all they cared about. And that that's important. So you need to have, yes, you need to have those skills. I mean, I got my MBA. Big deal. Does that make me smarter than you? No, it's a piece of paper. I got the yeah. piece of paper because the 
company was paying for it. <laughs> and if I got a position, they said, oh, you got the piece of paper, you know, an engineer without that, fine. It doesn't make you smarter. I know, I'm sure you have too. I've met tons of engineers, never had an engineering degree, and they were unbelievable. You could have fooled me because it's, it's a natural skill. And if you can go in there and, and go into a corporation and, and make them consciously, so how do you do that? I'm going to hire you. I'm going to hire Susan. I'm like, you're very consciously aware uh, of, of how you're communicating from the soul, from the soul knowledge. It's, it's great. From your soul, what are you? Because you've got to get it straight inside yourself before you can help on the outside. You go in there and you're talking usually to the CEO or the owner of the company or both. How do you kind of go in to analyze, to see if they're going to fit into the, your, your, your offering? Because not everybody's going to fit. They want to come to you, but they might say, you know, Susan, give me the answers. I, I don't have the answers. So how do you do that? Well, first off, I've always liked the word facil, facilitate. Facil means to make easy. Oh. So my goal as a coach or an organizational transformational expert or a team builder or whatever you want teacher. to call it. Yeah, teacher <laughs> is to facil, to make it easy for a team to discover themselves as a team, for an individual and so what you call that soul knowledge is what I call real. And, you know, when you talk to most CEOs or even senior executives, and it doesn't really matter how big the company is, whether it's a CEO of 40,000, 100,000 people or 5,000 people, they feel like they don't have the real information or the real, they're not getting the real conversation that they need, the real truth. And so... I am often brought in because that's what we're known for is, you know, sometimes truth is not always easy to swallow, but if you are able to have truth sessions, and that's what I sort of like to call them, hmm. about what is impacting our ability to perform well. And it, 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 again, it usually doesn't have anything to do with this process or that process because pro solving process issues is easy. Solving an issue between you and me and how well we communicate is not always easy. Particularly, let's say if I'm in competition with you or I don't agree with your strategy or I just don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And so, uh, you know, I usually will work with teams that even if they may be high performing, they may still be having some issues of playing in the sandbox together in a better way. So then what do you do? Well, you have to figure out what's causing the issues in the sandbox and be able to talk about them, truth sessions, being real with each other in order to move to the next steps. And if you can facilitate it to make it easy without people shooting each other. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because yeah. that's what they, you know, a lot of teams do is they proverbial sh proverbially shoot each other. Yes. Um, and, you know, just recently we were called in to work with a team and they went through a major issue losing a large client. And so then that put everyone into a stress reaction. And so then everyone went into the corner. So they weren't even in the sandbox. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So then there wasn't communication. And then as a result, there was a lot of rumors and miscommunication as a result the whispers and the gossip. And so, yeah. you know, being brought in to go, okay, let's level set this. Well, what, what we end up doing is we go in and we find out what are all those things, true or not true, and 
we put it all on the table and then facilitate them to go through, okay, dang, we created this. So how do we uncreate? And then how do we create what we really want? Because we're around each other 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Even if we're not in the same building, we're still dealing with each other. Yes. Yes. So most people don't want to go to work, in my opinion, to be J-E-R-Ks. You know, they want to be on a team that's high performing. Right. Right. And it just gets, you know, like this team, they were just like you were saying in the beginning, they were just being human. A big major change happened. They lost their largest client. And, you know, headquarters was saying, you still got to make your target. That's right. Right. We don't, we don't care. We don't care. Nope. And so then everyone goes into survival mode and then caring goes out the window because I'm just trying to survive myself. Right. And so to me, that's consciousness. Well, you have to have a team that is prepared to actually have that kind of conscious communication. It, it's interesting you mentioned this, just punching all these notes down because you, you, you hit on so many perfect topics. And it's not just work. I mean, no. work affects your personal life. Personal life, it, it's, it's back and forth. You're not there to correct their personal life. But if you can do something, whatever you're doing, you're bringing the human part back into it, the soul, the, the knowledge, the understanding. I call it more of the spiritual stuff. Whatever you want to call it, it, it's, it, you're not alone here. You've got the information. And the, the, one of the things is we're, you know, we're experiencing something with a relative. It's interesting about change because this change is okay. This change is okay. And those two things aren't I'm like, well, what's the difference? And I asked to somebody who was, I was doing one of my seminars and I was talking about actually talking about change and how it can be a place of learning and asking questions. And instead of doing it in the, the right mind and the conscious subconscious, all the stuff that I do in the belief system. And they're like, I asked them afterwards, they came and said, well, I love what you talked about, but I can't accept this than this. I said, well, you want me to be honest with you? I said, yeah, please. So why? What's different than this that if you got another job, it would be okay? Uh, I don't know. Well, well you've got to know. You, you, you're defining this as a different change. So what is it that's different? I don't know. And I said, I'm not sure, but you need to look inside yourself to find out what most likely it is. Somebody told you that this particular change I always say bad relationship, bad job, because everybody can relate to that at some time in their life. It's like, you've got to find out where it came from. And even if you do, it's not going to resolve the issue. Right. So, so you've got to have processes and procedures. I say, well, I'm a dork. So processes and procedures. I mean, I come from manufacturing. Correcting a problem when I went out and I did beta testing and alpha testing, when I did it at the, at the site, I came back and gave them, this is what I saw for real. And I can't tell you how many times that they go, but it worked good here. I'm like, it, it's here. It's on a bench. It doesn't mean anything. I went out there. They tried to take a, you know, a 300 pound X-ray tube off the chains, barely lifted this thing up, and blah blah blah. I'm like, but it worked here. I'm like, you know, after a while they got used to me because I was like, you need to understand. I'm not criticizing you. I'm simply telling you that's part of my job to tell you what doesn't work because the engine or the engineers in the field don't have time to call you up and go, hey, blah blah. blah this doesn't work. They need to get it right. And you were talking about also with change, being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We like being comfortable, being uncomfortable and something we're familiar with, right? So we're yeah. always doing that way. And we're not in, we used to have crisis mode. Philly, you got to go to the site. Oh my God. It's like, I told you three months ago, I should have gone there. And I don't know what it is. And I want your point of view on this. It's really important. I really want to hear what you have to say about, <laughs> well, everything. So why do, why, not why? 
Where do you think it comes from, the crisis mode thing? It's in, it exists in everything, whether it's your finances, whether it's your family life, whether it's your work. What does the crisis mode come from? Is just something that we were never taught at an early time in our life forever to go, don't wait to the last minute, start making decisions now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, you know, I, a lot of people wait to make a change until their hair is on fire. And no, me, that's not what happened to my hair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I had, it's, it's, it's still fear driven. So I make the change because my hair is on fire and so I have to go. And as we know, comfort zone is comfortable. There's no fear to drive you, right? Right. right. The other thing that can drive you would be desire. And so I would say what's kept me always out there is that one, a desire to go there, but I actually have more fear of having my hair on fire and then making bad choices. So I will start it early. Oh, wait, say that again. I love what you just said. Well, I hope I can say it again. No, close enough. Don't worry about it. Okay. I said, I have more fear of waiting to the last minute because I know I'll make, and when my hair's on fire, I know one, I'm not going to be a nice person. Two, I'm going to make a bad decision because I'm under stress. Right. So I have a more of a, 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 it's a desire to get there, but it's also a little bit fear driven that put my hair on fire early yeah so then that way i have a chance to actually be more conscious about it i love that i love that and but it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable it's uncomfortable and like i said being comfortable being uncomfortable something you're familiar with bad job bad relationship and we just accept it and you know you don't go after your soul you don't go after what you were meant to be on this planet maybe you wanted to be a music composer maybe you wanted to be a book writer maybe you wanted to be in charge of a company wait i gotta get right lindsay's um and it, uh, by the way the company is spelled l-i-n you can see it on the show notes but it's called l-i-n-c-e-i-s i want to if we have time i gotta remember what that means or where you came up with this but it's interesting we do wait to the last minute for everything this is okay this is okay like i said and then this one isn't and why isn't it and you you said it so well. That's why I wanted you to repeat it. You wait for a hair. I, I'm more in fear of waiting to the hair on fire than I am fear of waiting to the last minute. Because I you do it over and over again, dog chasing the tail. So you have something. So you are teaching people, because you're more of a, from my point of view, you're more of a teacher. You're, you're teaching people to to trust trust their gut. Trust yes. their gut. And how, how do you bring that out in somebody who... Many times on planet Earth, we're told not to do that because, you you know, what you can't see, oh, my God, you, your gut, your gut? No, but many times it's right. So how do you tell somebody how many times have you made this decision, but your gut said the wrong way? Or how do you do that and bring that out in them? Well, I actually use a lot of meditative and yogic practices. We have workshops around that. But I will often ask people this question. Have you ever had an experience where you knew that you knew that you knew? And then you didn't follow that inner knowing. So what you're calling that spirit soul self and that soul knowledge, I will always ask him. So when you have actually disregarded when you knew that you knew and you knew it, <laughs> what happened? They, and they will always say, uh, it didn't work out. And then the next question I follow with is, um, and where is that inner knowing, where do you feel it? And they never, ever point to their head. They point to their heart or into their gut. 
And so then my follow-up question to that is then how do you know when you know? Because the brain will take it and say, I don't know about that. And your gut's going, but I know. There and you now go. we're in a game of ping pong. There you go. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And well, there's two things I've learned from me, at least, is if I question it too much, don't do it at that time. And the next thing is, it is a, for me, everybody's a little different, I guess, but you're right. I, it's a physical feeling. How do I describe it? Like a peace or tranquility. I don't know how to, you know, you're relaxed. So if you're, you've got X going on and you knew you saw X coming on, you saw it a mile away, but you finally got there and you knew, you knew, you know what to do, but you didn't follow it. Now you have to, cause your hair's on fire. So now you got stress. And when you're in stress, like you said, you're usually not a nice person. You're not sleeping. You're grumpy and you're not doing your job well at all because you're in panic mode. You're in hair fire mode. And it's kind of like when people say, well, I can multitask horse hockey. They've had so many studies on that. The brain cannot work that way. I don't, maybe, they, maybe people are getting this from Star Trek or something. I don't know. But when you focus on something, the people that I've worked with, and they were really good, they made mistakes everywhere. You know, putting the music in their head, in their ears, and trying to do something that you're concentrating on doing your job. You can't do it. Trust your gut. Take your time. I'd rather you take double the amount of time and go, Susan, I know you need this in a week, but for me to do this, if you want me to do this for you, it's going to take four weeks because you want it right or you want it quick. And you're, you're responsible. Well, I want it right. And if it works, fine. If it doesn't, then you go somewhere else that maybe somebody has it faster. That's fine. But I don't want mistakes. I don't want, because you're absolutely right. And it has to do with your personal life, it has to do with everything that you do. And so what you do can carry on into everything else in your life, because I'm sure you get enlightenment's going... You're sitting at home and you're talking to your kids, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, or whoever it is, and suddenly you're in an argument and you almost feel it's almost like having an outside of you looking at you going, Wait a minute. So, how do you get that? So, you can carry that enlightenment everywhere, right? Yes. Well, what I tell people is like, I'm, I, I started to take up tennis again. And we, as you alluded to, we all have unconscious behaviors that were born a long time ago. And I think this is a good illustration. So, my first lesson. I took, the teacher said, or the coach said, you learned with a wooden racket. Now, I hadn't picked up a racket in 40 years. And I'm like, <laughs> how, did, how did they know that? Mm. And so I asked them, how did they know that? And they, and they said, it's based on your swing. And I'm thinking, I don't consciously have a memory of a patterned swing. But clearly I did from when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. And, and, and there's no more wooden rackets. The rackets are different, so you have to swing different. And then when she tried to change my swing, then I realized I was uncomfortable. And I, I didn't even know I had a pattern. Right. Until they tried to change my pattern. Interesting. And so then I went to another coach in the same thing. And he said the same thing. And I'm like, I guess I have a pattern. Well, I use that as an example to have people talk about when they have patterns of avoiding conflict, you know, it, arguing all the time with, with other people, trying to prove themselves or not enough or not good enough. I ask them, when was that pattern born? What was the birth date? So the tennis swing, I can tell you when I started taking tennis, 
when I was younger, I could give that a birthday. But guaranteed, when people have issues at work that prevent them from being as effective as they could be, what you're talking about in terms of unconscious patterns, there's a belief process in place and it had a birth, not yesterday and not five years ago. Most of the time, it's going to be a long time ago. So if I can help them, people see that in themselves. To me, that's where the, I call it, that's where the gold is. So I go to a coach and I like a coach that says, great, great hit, Sue, just do that again. And then that, But there's a part of me that's like, what did I just do that was so great? And then I, mm-hmm. I, I screw up a shot, right? And that now I want the feedback. I don't want them cheering for me. I want them to tell me, okay, this is what you did. I want them to give me a mirror back. I want them to help me feel what I did or am doing that's producing the wrong thing. And that's what I'm paying them for. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Even if, so like even with golf, because I've been taking golf lessons and my thumb likes to be in a certain place and it's not in the right, it's a good place if I always want to have a hook. Right. So, uh, so the first thing a, a good golf co- coach does is he moves my thumb. Well, my thumb has a mind of its own. So in the middle of the backswing, it's, you know, it goes to its comfort zone and it, it moves itself back. Right. And so, so to me, if people can understand that we have behaviors, we can laugh at golf and we can laugh at tennis because we get it. But the same thing is true with our communication, with our leadership, how we are in relationships. And so that means we have to be conscious. We have to have somebody that can nicely but directly give us a mirror Yes. to yeah. ourselves. And then it's through that awareness, first is awareness. The next thing is you've got to accept it and see it for yourself. And then the third thing is that you have to then take action. Awareness without action gets you nowhere. Absolutely. Uh, it's like if somebody wanted to, uh, somebody was asking me, from my talks, I do it at a local health club here uh, once a month, and uh, and and I just did my. I'm doing my first meditation class uh, tomorrow. We're talking about meditation, nice. I'm I'm so much looking forward to it because, you know, meditation is not just sitting there closing your eyes. There's so much to it. You know, you understand that, and and anybody who's listening in the audience here, when somebody says, you know, I'm gonna try to get all the negative thoughts out of my head, you're just gonna end up with a big giant headache. It, it's not about that. It's about working with the noise. Anyway. Talking about patterns. So my wife and I decided we, we joined the health club several years ago and because they, they have a pool. So we decided ah. to go to the pool. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I couldn't remember how to swim. I didn't understand, remember how to breathe. So we talk about patterns. Now, we, didn't, we could have hired somebody to do this, but we was like, okay, you know what? We're going to know this. We, we, you, know, you probably had swimming I lessons. Riding a clear. bike, right? Right, right. <laughs> well, it took probably six months. Now it's a piece of cake. I could barely do two laps. I didn't know how to breathe. I was getting, you know, up my nose. I, I, I had to, I got the wrong glasses. I had the wrong earplugs. It was a mess. But you really have to, some people were making fun because they, I'm still like that. Because when I go swimming, I'm not there. I'm not fast. I'm going back and forth. And they call me splashy because I don't care. I, I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at the bubbles. I'm in an, I'm off. I'm in another world. I'm in my Ajinoi world. I'm, I'm gone. And some, they make fun of me, but they know I'm just go back and forth and back and people joke with me. My wife is nice and everything smooth and accurate. Of course, she's an actuary. So uh, I'm a sloppy engineer, but you, you have to be uncomfortable and you have to be willing to say, I don't know. So somebody did say one time, hey, I got a suggestion. I see you being splashy. 
But the reason why you're not, if you could, you kick more. I was kicking with my knees, not my hips. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that. So suddenly the whole thing changed. But then you probably had more power too. Had more power, smoother. Of course, then the muscles that you're using weren't activated for a thousand years. So I had to stretch out a little. It all worked out, but it made it much more pleasant. And then somebody said, well, if you can kick under the water. I'm kind of iffy on that. It's more of me going with the arms. So you have to find what works for you, but it, it is uncomfortable. You were talking about different things for le- I, learning from mistakes. I hate, mis- I hate the term mistakes. I haven't found the exact term yet. I'm kind of working with it and maybe it's three words, but it's, it's, it's more like a, it's, it's a solving thing. I believe those things are given to you by uh, the spirits and the angels, the universal mind, the spirits and angels that are given to you to find a purpose to reason. You know, I, I always thought I was a klutz because I was told for my whole life I was a klutz. Oh, you're tripping over something. I knew why I was a klutz. You know why I'm a klutz? From here to the door, I wasn't thinking about anything else. I wasn't thinking about going to the door. I was thinking about all the other 9 million things that are going on in my life. That's not being here now. So exactly. we're so busy. See, you understand that. So when you're seeing these people, when you have gone through these, and, I, and forgive me, I always say process of procedures, when you're teaching him these things, have you? I'm sure you have, but I, I'd love you to share this. How do you see it when they finally get it? So I, t- I have five-day leadership workshops, and we do do. We do holotropic breath work. We do active meditations as well as what I call the still meditations. And when they go deep, and this is where I use you know different kinds of breath works, and they get their it, whatever it is, usually the it comes in about a 10 second insight that could take you an hour to explain because the it is a deep feeling of knowing and you and you see it right and so then you have to unravel or translate that into actions now just because you can see it doesn't mean getting there is going to be easy Mm -hmm. you may not even want to do it whatever it is (laughs) Right. right but oftentimes when you get whatever the it is, even if it's even if it's not an easy thing that you have to face, there's an inner feeling, like you said, there's an inner peace of this is gonna suck, but I know it's right. <laughs> or or, you know, this is like me selling the house that we that we left. I loved that place. And it was it was hard making the decision, but deep, deep in, I was like, it's the right choice. And so I allowed myself the morning of letting go mm. of, of the life that I was that I had had, you know, embracing because there's a new life that I'm about, you know, that I'm now on as a result. But, you know, helping people to know when they know and know that they know it through these processes of feedback, deep introspection, meditation, yogic breathing, you know, going out in nature. In the context of leadership and culture and teamwork, um, it's amazing to then see how people then connect one with themselves, which then means that they're connected with themselves, they connect with other people, heart to heart, soul to soul, and they get each other. Yes. So, so then there's grace for mistakes because we all make mistakes. No, Teams not me. make mistakes. I make mistakes. I never did. <laughs> Lots of them. I take Lots up your allotment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God. Yes, it's true. I mean, no, it's, go ahead with the mistakes, please. Say yeah, more. And so I think, you know, in sports, they say that there's the, the good ones say you either win or you learn. And I'm not always so sure it's about winning. Winning to me means maybe you either progress or you learn, in which if you're learning, you're progressing, you know, yes. you're either moving or you're learning, which then leads to more moving in a direction where you create the outcomes that you want. You know, to me, the worst thing is, is standing still. Yes. Yes. Well, I was going to ask you, I want to ask you about silence, uh, but I want to ask you that in a minute because it's, it's so true. It's, um, you know, we're not taught these things in school. There's yeah. no classes for any of this. We're not taught yep. about our mind thoughts or we call, and everybody calls it mindfulness now, whatever you want to call it. Right. And we're not talking about that. We're not, you know, we're doing it. It's, but it's, it's at a later time. And by the time you're getting at a certain age, you know, your mind is so cluttered with, I wouldn't say lies, but things that hold you back that you don't even know you're doing it as an example with the tennis or the golf or the swimming. Uh, and, and it's, this, and, and you're doing uh, people, it's easier to, it's easier to relate it to something like it's, e you know, fun, not realizing it's affecting everything you're doing in your life. And, and you made another excellent point, just because you get in that enlightenment. And you get it, right? Doing the quotes of my fingers now, right? It, yeah, it might suck. You know, everything I do, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I wrote my musical, Ajinoi Musical Philosophy, about a year and a half ago. And I have a relationship with somebody here uh, who's a book writer. And I showed her the belief system I have and showed her the musical, played her some songs and blah, blah, blah. And because this is the, I love this. I'm, I'm going to tell everybody. I'm like, okay, fine. I'm, I took it with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. And a year and a half later, she said, somebody I was mentioning, I talk about this all the time. And we only talked on the phone. We met for a cup of coffee once. But we only met like four times. And she's like, somebody inter somebody's interested in, in working with you in Hollywood. I go, what? How cool. Oh. I'm like, oh, oh. now, the reason why I'm saying this is because I don't know what I'm doing. Are you talking about uncomfortable? I have no clue. Now, she's got a, I can't write. I can create, I can play. I got my thing. She's got her thing. And this other person or the uh, other uh, woman that we're working with in Hollywood, she's helping us, you know, get on the script and all this stuff, but it's extremely uncomfortable. So I always say this, you probably heard this, let go, let God. I have to, whatever you need to say, whatever you call it, you might call it uh, uh, Krishna, you want to call it Atman, you want to call it the force, anything, whatever. You need to let it go because I believe that if you're given something through the it, there's a reason for you to do that yes. because you're not getting that same it. That means you're getting in touch with your purpose, your gut, your soul now, whatever you want to call it. I like the gut because everybody can relate to that. And if you can picture it in your mind's eye or in your motion picture script, whatever you want it, and you can see that it in words or in images or you go, I got to call that person, this, there's a reason for that. That goes kind of flows into this. How important is it to make and have and create silence for yourself. Ah, extremely. And, but silence isn't always a condition of no thought. Silence right. is, you know, you can have silence, like what you were talking about, just being in the moment and being really present, you know, so it's your, 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 your ticker tape's not running. Right. Yes. Right. The, the inner dialogue. And so, so many people, I, I always think back to that 
Eat, Pray, Love in the scene where I think it's Julia Roberts, right? Yes. And she's trying to, and she's watching the clock and she's trying to like meditate and she's sitting in an uncomfortable position. And then she just like, her brain is just all over the place. Right. But when you, when you learn to drop into the silence of your own being, your own spirit of yourself, it's full of feeling and connection, yes. but not emotion and not thinking. It's full yes. of knowing. Yes. And so I, I love it when I work with uh, executives, I'm fortunate to be able to do that, is helping them to recognize that they, one, have that kind of place inside of themselves, two, to recognize it and bring it to the business. Because you ask any CEO, they will tell you they listen to their gut, but that's because they learn to. And they learn mm -hmm. to differentiate between what is a gut and then where have they played ping pong in their head with the logic, yes, no, right, wrong, good, bad. Right. And, you know, A, B testing kind of right. stuff. Yes. They've learned. And then when they know that their gut is right, when they know that they know that they know, the logic comes to them. It's already there. You, they just, it just, it's already there. What you were saying is, uh, I, I can't, uh, it was something that when you were saying about knowing it, and, and it's, it's just when you get into that silence, when you get into whatever that is for you, and you're right, it's not that the noise, the ticker tape, it's not that it's, it, it's, it's not, it, it's like, I put the lights down, I lay in my mat, maybe I'll play some music in the background. Everybody's got their different thing. I just, I, I do like C-3PO and Star, Star Wars. I'm like, do you mind if I shut down? Yes, go ahead. Yes, thank you. Because you really need to do that. I mean, a lot of it has to do with sleep. You, you sleep, yeah. you can get amazing realizations and the it, as you call it, in sleep. But you can do it during the day. You could do it in five minutes. You can do it in your car. You could do it in, you know, find the time because if the noise is overtaking you, you're going to yeah. react to the noise. And usually yeah. the noise is judgmental, it's self-righteous, it's ego, it's you're wrong, that I'm right. And it, it's, it, but it, it takes time to understand you have all the answers, even though you don't see them. But when you get in that mode, you suddenly like, you know, and you don't, you don't know, like, wow, where did that come from? You open your eyes or whatever your state you're in, and it comes to you. I've had things where I had it, I'm listening to something on the radio, music or something, or I just have some thoughts going through my mind and it hits and I'm like, okay, I got to find somewhere to go. I put my little memo phone on, I park the car and I go, da, 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 because it's gone. It will go away in three seconds. It'll go away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to do it right when it's there. And I have, I've done that when I was writing the musical, I would, I would get up, I, I quietly and go into to my studio and record because the minute I woke, you know, I learned very quickly, the minute you hear that tune or the, the lyric or whatever you're writing, whatever the idea is. You think, I'm going to remember that in the morning. Nope. You don't remember it five minutes from now. So right. mark it down. Um, one of the things I, I like doing is every morning, uh, I, I like writing down anything. I'll have my, my tea and nobody's around and I'm just by myself. And I mark down like 10 to 20 ideas. Most of them suck. But you're only looking for one good idea or mm -hmm. one thing. And then I meditate and pray on that. For me. That's what I do. And then out of that, Sometimes something happens. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't happen for weeks or a month. And something like pops in your head as a clear image. Like, oh my God, where's the pencil and the paper? I got to mark it down. Because once those things happen, and, and it's so interesting, once you're connected, you, because I used to plan a lot of my presentations and stuff I'm doing, and I used to practice and practice and practice. And then when I did it, it was very stale. Mm -hmm. 
and it, it didn't it it and and what it was it was so practiced it wasn't coming out genuine and then i started playing music and i was like like what am i doing i don't feel the audience didn't necessarily see it maybe but i did but then when i started doing it i had more people interacting after the the talk was over and people coming to me going sharing different things and i'm like because i was coming from giving i was coming from understanding yeah. it's coming that i was given a purpose for doing x and i have the only reason i got these is because i know they're there now i gotta the hard part is trying to figure out how to make it work and right. that's where the mistakes come in and that's where the hair hair turning on fire happens and everything God, i can't believe that we, we've been talking this long and i of course i i never got to any of my questions but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do a part two. <laughs> we really have to. But before we go, you've left a lot of great gems. Thank you. Leave the audience with a positive aphorism, something they can think about right when the show's over and uh, just go, ooh, I like that. Uh, it was something I actually wrote this morning. I, I got up and it hit me. Is that if you care deeply about whatever it is, care about your people, care about something that you want to do, you'll find the courage to overcome any limitations or any obstacles. Mm. But if it's in your soul, because it, it's meaningful to you, it means you care about it, you'll find the strength and the courage to do it. It's almost like you can't not do it. And yeah. I know that double negative, because it's, it's not just a, it's in your gut. It's, um, when you care that deeply about something like making a difference or sharing something with the world or being a better person, it's in every bone, it's in every cell of your body. And so you'll make it happen even if you don't think about it. And so yeah, figure out what you care about. And then, and, and that brings you joy that, you know, because when you care, it brings you joy too, that I get to live my life this way. Yeah. And then that gives you the strength and the courage to, you know, overcome any obstacles. So that excellent, would be excellent words, excellent words. Because uh, you mean, um, because I understand for for me, it's the the musical, the uh, this immersive system that has been created. Because it, it's it's if I didn't do it, I don't know if I I wouldn't have any joy. I wouldn't. I loved what I did as an engineer, but that doesn't exist anymore. The company went out of business. And this is what my path is. And I don't say I fought it a little bit, but I was really confused many, many times. Now the confusion is more of clarity going, if you're a little uncomfortable, like, oh, I must be on the right path. Not stupid uncomfortable, but just a little uncomfortable. But yeah, you're right. It, you feel it in your bones. You feel it. And if you know, if you don't do this, the it, as you say, I, I love that, the it, if you don't do it, then you don't feel complete. And the longer you don't do it, more empty you, you feel. And otherwise, those, those concepts and ideas are going to come. Susan, I want to thank you very much for being on the show today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Absolutely. And remember, it is more important to express your thinking thoughts. So we are talking about today, everybody, and not the thoughts you are thinking that blah, 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 blah. That is what is called conscious communication. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Conscious Communication. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You can also get more great information at ConsciousCommunicationPodcast.com.